Time for uh, the Fake Podcast. Podcast. It is time for yes, the Fake News Podcast. So, so, this is our first global. We're recording. going international, baby. Mr. Worldwide. We're going international. The whole world, both coasts of yeah. the U.S. Got a penthouse on both <laughs> coasts, pH balance. Dude, I'm here in I'm big in uh I'm here in Big Swanky in C mm. North Carolina. Funny. And we are we are live for this for this edition. We are just gonna pump this baby out. This is holiday special part two. Part two the sequel. The, sequel. the holiday the, the holiday the, the holiday strikes strikes um, back. Two two holiday, two furious. <laughs> Yo, I in my improv show yesterday, uh we named our uh, our group uh War on Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh my God! Yeah, Christmas is Christmas. last stand. So, dude, how's that? How's uh, that I just going? finished two hundred one. So, um, oh my yeah. God! You finished the second. Yeah, one? man. Yeah. How did the second one feel? Like, what's was it? Just is it deeper? Is it more more repetition? What do you so do in the, second in the first level? You essentially learn the basics of improv uh creating a base reality mm-hmm. uh naming your 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 partner getting good at initiation uh getting mm-hmm. good at um building a reality with your your scene partner object work uh you learn in some basic backline work some some tag-ins and for those who don't know improv comedy this doesn't really make sense <laughs> who's never seen an improv show they probably <laughs> i don't know really how to explain it other than you need to go see an improv show and then uh you'll kind of understand where i'm coming from but uh that being said 101 after you finish 101 you're just kind of like you just get better at listening to people and you just get better at like making jokes kind of. But in 201, you start mm-hmm. uh, and this is the Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, so they they mm-hmm. they are a very they're one of many different improv schools, but they're clinical. They're just one of the most Yeah, they're very known. clinical. They yeah. broke it down. And so the structure that they like to teach to is called a herald. And a herald is a story structure where you have a series of monologues at the beginning and there are, there are, ulti- there are infinite variations of the Herald. But in general, you mm-hmm. do three. Yeah, it's, it's dope, dope man. Uh, it is three monologues at the beginning and then three scenes in a first section. Then three scenes in a, what we call a second beat. And then three scenes mm-hmm. in what we call the third beat. And... In a lot of ways, the scenes in the first beat kind of establish what the premises are, what the games are. The scenes, yeah. So, for example, Mm -hmm. if like it's you and me, and we start on a boat, you know, we're on a boat going down the Nile River. I'm stealing this premise from one of our classes, Uh, and I'm kind of like the straight man, and you're the person who's like, "Hey, bro, Mm -hmm. you dare me to drink this water." 
<laughs> like, yeah, man. And then you're you're yeah, the and, and then you're like, water. hey, do you dare me to to run up the side of that pyramid and jump off the top of it? Yeah, man. Hey, do you dare me to cook some bacon and throw it at random Muslim people? You know, it's it's kind. Of, so you're like the type. <laughs> so of, you're setting you're setting up, up the like, the type of person who just kind of does outlandish shit, right? And that's the game. Mm-hmm. And every time you make a game move, like you suggest to do something outlandish that people will disapprove disapprove of, it escalates. It escalates. It escalates. And that's what we call the game. So in 201, you learn about the game. You learn about how to commit to a psychology, commit to a philosophy in a character, and continue to build on that and raise the stakes over and over. So that when the second beat comes through, you play either that same game or an analogous. So maybe instead of being a thrill-seeking person that tries to get a rise out of people, you play a person that... uh, or you just play a different character that's an adrenaline junkie or a different person that that uh, mm-hmm. pretty much acts like a troll. Like you take that game and then you make an analogous scene or you continue the action from the previous scene but then add to it more, add more layers to it. So and then third beat, you have characters from other scenes showing up for some reason. You, you, call you just try all to like tie it up, up like a bow. Or... Yeah. yeah. So it's like a three-act yeah. structure. Mm-hmm. But but you know subdivided. Yeah, I'm not good at that. That is that's empathy. that is like mental calculus. So if you thought it's if you think it's hard to initiate a scene, say like oh, think of how to close thinking it. of how to create an entire storyline from scratch with other people's input. So you could even if you're if you're smart and you think you plan 15 moves ahead. But your scene partner, mm-hmm, you're, your you chess. make your own inner game of chess. But then your scene partner says, "Oh, what's this? What's this magical uh, ring pop on the ground? Well, I wonder what happens if I put it in my mouth." <laughs> and then they get superpowers. Your whole thing is like you, the the chess board. Yeah, thrown so it's like away. you got to play chess, you're but you in, can't play chess. Oh my god! Because you have to also account for other people's moves. You have to understand what they infer by bringing in new information you have to be it's mm-hmm. it's it's oh it's so complex man it's like it's almost not even worth it how hard it is. <laughs> it's so hard it's almost not even worth it so how have you been like now that you're two mm-hmm. classes deep how does it feel compared to music like how have you brought this back to other aspects of i haven't life? been able to really apply it to music or you know, it's just kind of gotten me as a person on an atomic level. It's just me kind of a different person in that I don't like I, I'm forced to listen to people and understand their points of view better because when you do improv, you have to anticipate how people feel based off of their psychology and the things they tell you. But then you realize, oh, this is real this life. Is more reaction. Well, what it is is it's really deeply listening to that person and then responding to that information. Because in improv, you have to do that. If this person says, hey, I've got mm-hmm. a gun, and they hold their hand up like this, you have to pretend like... <laughs> the, the office. I don't know much about the office. <laughs> but yes, exactly. You have to react. You have uh-huh. to react. Or else what you do isn't funny. It isn't... Um, it breaks the reality, 
But then you realize, oh, this is just what I need to do in my life more is like listen to what people say. And actually they're telling me for a reason. What is that reason? And then you actually mm-hmm. understand and, and actually, actually responding respond to, to it. And people are like, oh, this person's engaged with me. I think that's even more just because we, we talk about these in like, uh, you know, personal fun and friend terms. But I think it's really useful in like a business world. So when you're in an office and you're in some big meeting, so many times you can tell it feels like uh, 50% of the time, like the comment that is said did not need what happened before. It's not even reacting to it. It's like if you make this big point. If no one responds to it, you don't, you're not happy because you don't feel heard. And then it makes everyone else more frustrated in that room too, because now you might have multiple things you need to discuss and it keeps building on. So if you wanted to make a comment after someone brought up a significant point about this company or this, whatever you're discussing in this meeting, and then another person came in and, you know, added another, pulled another uh, Mm -hmm. egg out of the basket. And then you're, you know, do they comment to the previous thing that wasn't addressed or do they comment to the most recently thing, uh, mentioned thing, which was a diversion? So kind of being able to respond is a very useful business skill to like let someone know you actually heard mm-hmm. them. Uh, well, also, I mean, with what you've been doing there, also the ability to save dead space to do the opposite, to realize when something, oh, this is coming to a close. You know, you can only talk about the weather so much, but the ability to just instantly continue, a, save mm-hmm. a conversation, change the the game, change mm-hmm. the subject, is probably mm-hmm. super Yeah, good. it's it's so interesting because you learn to kind of be a social MacGyver. Um, there are some improv mm-hmm. groups that make entire scenes based off of uh, just random things in life. One of them is one of my favorites is one star dog is I think the name of them. And they take one star Yelp reviews, uh, of a specific thing. So mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, at the beginning of their show, <laughs> they'll be like, give us a suggestion of like a restaurant or uh, of like an establishment, something that could, would be, let's say on Yelp, something about a clothing store. And then they would look for the nearest clothing store. And then they would look only at the one-star reviews of the clothing store and they would read them out at the beginning. So instead of monologues, they read these one-star reviews. They'd read like four or five or six of them. And then they mm-hmm. proceed to do a herald. They do like a bunch of different scenes based off of these, the information presented in these very negative reviews. And it's hilarious. If you can make <laughs> scenes based off of one-star reviews, you can look around the bar and find something interesting to talk about and make jokes about, right? That's how you can keep a conversation going. And you and if yeah, and if you can do it in front of an audience, you can definitely do it one-on-one in a real mm-hmm. life situation, even though that is somewhat performative of an audience, but if you're doing it, you know, how many conversations have you had with the spotlight? Very on? few. Uh, other than this podcast, oh, we yeah, show a mic in each other's face. <laughs> right up in your mall. That mic. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of showing yeah. things right up there. Um, so I, I think w- what we've done, we've already had one holiday special out. And this is our live day of special. Uh, and our first, you know, truly international mm-hmm. encompassing the globe thing. So we've, we've done a lot of like looking back over the past mm-hmm. couple episodes. And I think it'd be 
need to not do that again. To not do it. We've, we've already we've already you can't look back. You can't you can't out. be captive of your past, man. We're, we're done. No. We're never gonna talk about no. this past anymore. Never. But what we can do is um look at look ahead and let's maybe just like talk about specifically what we're doing, progressing towards the future and maybe less about us but tips tricks things we're gonna try out uh and as it pertains to help that's so scary bro because i'm like so inconsistent (laughs) and my life and my mood and my direction changes kind of like the wind so even now i could say hey i'm gonna post two videos a week on youtube i could actually win this job like I'm taking a couple of auditions. Like so I've been trying to jack up my YouTube and everything, but I'm auditioning for a couple of professional mm-hmm. orchestras now, man. Like I'm gonna try to go because they're they're open and I wanna get better at my instruments. So I really want to focus it on that. Uh so it's hard to say. And maybe I might chicken out right in the middle and then just <laughs> not upset it. I <laughs> but guess I, I mean through that, at least through. one thing is that there one of the yeah. things bumping into this and advice for everyone who's going to be leaving school, I think the hardest thing to learn and get used to is that once you're out of school, there's no more clear milestones. There's very few tests in life. Uh, you're no longer on a semester schedule. There's no natural progression and a sense of relief uh, talking to Amy yeah. about these things. And Every it's a lot of projects. She's working on essentially not not too far from what we do, a lot of project esque mm-hmm. things. But the hard part is, is that the moment one is done, immediately there there there's so many simultaneous mm-hmm. things going on in any office environment that once you feel something, you finish something, you're you're going on, mm-hmm. and there's really never time to look back and assess because you you've already been balancing all these these different plates. And you're you're not always going to feel that sense yeah. of accomplishment, and it's just not clear what goals are versus test juries, and one of the few things out there that we do have though are these auditions. There's a date, there's mm-hmm. a result, uh, there's a leading up to it. Surprise! You didn't get in. There's um, <laughs> sadness after. Yes, yeah, surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. You're yeah. done. But um. You're right. It's. I think it's good, even if it's. It's kind of. I know some people in the business world. They'll do that. They'll. They'll take some interviews, kind of just to mm-hmm. practice interviewing. So, but you know, if they're thinking about leaving, they might start applying to some stretch jobs or something, in their avenue, in order to regain that experience mm-hmm. of interviewing. And if they get something, hey, nice. That's, That's the benefit of the, yeah. doing the stretch. It's like, oh, I. If I got this, mm-hmm. heck, I'd leave now. But that way, it's not you're ready to leave. You're ready to leave. You leave your job, and then you're running around, uh, having to jump into these things cold turkey, uh, and relearning how to present yourself, how to interview, how to prepare your materials while you actually need it. So I think at least the benefit um, now of of us because we're out and we we have enough. Not enough. We have streams <laughs> of income <laughs> that uh, at least can yeah. keep us afloat. Like we can, we can try for stretch things. You can go for the big jobs. 
you don't have to settle for something smaller because you your survival incumbent isn't, upon it. Uh, dick is it isn't incumbent upon that. So, I love that word. Um, it isn't incumbent upon in cucumber mm. upon uh, your placement. Oh, not on me, dog. Groups. Got some cucumbers over there, man. I'm trying to. Dude, you I guys, zucchini. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> make your girlfriend jealous but, so it's it's smart going in through I think uh, for everyone out there like f- find something uh, a competition whatever it is and again it's not necessarily about winning it's about providing milestones mm-hmm. for you and treat it as such you don't have to win uh, winning is a nice side effect but it, it'll keep you and honest. this is yeah and I, I want to circle back on what you were saying about like especially for people if you're graduating this next semester like yeah the goals are not like we've been trained and conditioned to want goals like to want to achieve goals all i do is win but win, after win. you get your diploma you have no more goals like actually <laughs> lose, lose, lose. you have to then get into you don't have the feedback frequency that you did in, in school. And so that can lead to a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, imposter syndrome and kind of trepidation. And the way to fight that is to then switch your focus from goals to systems, build systems that will automatically mm-hmm. get you to where you want to go. For me, it's going to improv class. It's from even when I don't want to, which is every single time. Cause it's like, I enjoy it, but it is so uncomfortable. Um, I I do it by exercising. It's it's incredible. I'm proud of it. You're doing it. It's it's uncomfortable because at least when we're doing yeah. this podcast, we don't see the yeah. people out there, and you know we're not we don't have yeah. to react. It's free form. It's yeah. it's not the goal. We don't have to be entertaining and like yeah, this what, podcast, 10, ugh, 12, 15 podcast. Yeah, we we are trying our hardest to be yeah, unentertaining yeah. for hours, <laughs> and I think oh. we're succeeding. Flying that's why we don't have goals. I like what you said. I read this on a medium post, but it was brilliant. It's like if you want to become something, reverse engineer it and figure out what is a person that has that thing, either that clout, what do they do every day? Then you just do that. And then eventually, while staying open to opportunity, other opportunities that may seem to be completely different and divorced to your main goals, if you Except those opportunities, they may get you closer or may take you to a new avenue that makes it your own and makes it make yourself to be unique. So um, I just want to be <laughs> this is I don't know if this is pretentious, but I've always wanted to be one of the world's most interesting classical musicians. You know what I mean? Like somebody who really. <laughs> No, no, no. And what I mean by that is somebody who really is able to synthesize pop culture towards the uh, the the past and try to tell that story because there's just so much disconnect between it, you know. And I think that's it's just like a wonderful. I won't say goal because we're going to dissuade yeah. goals. I think it was uh, like the, we've had a lot of kind of these articles and different books. Maybe it's The Power of Habit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Charles Duhigg. I've got it somewhere. Charles Duhigg, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And I think what they've been pointing towards is how goals f- fail you because you can lose them. 
they're still a little too abstract. And so instead of doing these goals, just to re- reiterate exactly what you said, Drew, is habits. systems or habits, mm-hmm. whatever we call them, just systems, habits, mm-hmm. rituals, do, do little things to work towards um, what will, what kind of, to become what type of person would achieve this goal. And I think reading through those mindsets, I'm trying to slowly implement and bring in these types of thoughts into my headspace instead of just landing milestones. It's, you know, what, what I want to be the type of person who does the right thing. So what habits Mm -hmm. can I instill, you know, I want to be the person who's, um, okay with doing uncomfortable things or be the person who's consistent or be the person who meets deadlines. Mm-hmm. How do you be? I'm the none of those things. <laughs> I'm none of these things. Like, I'm like, I got it. <laughs> I, I got to schedule it. Um, and I think working towards either the system, the habit, the ritual, whatever you call it, implementing these things. So that way it just feels like you're working on like your core of who you are. And it's just like, no, I am the type of person who's going to go out when they're tired and help this other person out. Or I am the type, like, no, it's not that I'm, you know, scheduled a bunch of practice sessions or composing sessions uh, and didn't, you know, like let it slip. Oh, I'll be fine. I'll catch up. If, if you make it to where, no, I'm the type of person who doesn't skip out on these, these tough things or who I'm the type of person who puts in the time. It's a, it's just a little, mind trick to get yourself in there because then it's about you it's less about the goal it's about who you are as a person Mm -hmm. you're right man and i I don't want to add anything to it other than uh referring back to the power of habit because i'm sure a lot of people haven't read it uh i think that at least breaking down the basis of it okay so the the first with every habit i think there are three stages the trigger mm-hmm. or like the cue there is the action in response to that cue and then there's a clear reward at the end of that and that's what creates this i don't know if i'm mm-hmm. forgetting a step or not but from my understanding this is what creates the loop so for instance let's say what's a typical cue that uh you have i'm hungry right that's a typical cue yeah. Uh, time to eat. Time so to what? Eat. what is the action that you're most likely going to do? Is it going to be, oh, that means I got to go cook? Does it mean I got to go warm up last night's takeout? Like I think noticing Postmates. Postmates uh, are your actions creating more or, or utilizing more single-use plastic? Are your actions unhealthy or do they involve a lot of sugars and a lot of carbohydrates in excess or – you know, fats in excess, mm. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, me, look, this is right for this is right for you, Trevor. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, if you start breaking it down and just being more present in your day daily life, you can change your habits. Like, for instance, one of my cues, or that used to be for eating, was feeling sad, or was feeling like I wasn't good mm-hmm. enough, or feeling exhausted and needing an escape from a busy work schedule or procrastination by yes exactly so maybe what you need to do now is to see that your automatic action from the cue of boredom or sadness and change that and maybe bundle a new reward 
thank you for Freakonomics, bundle a new reward. Reward bundle. So let's just say, okay, I'm bored and I'm sad and I'm hungry. Maybe you can. Sounds like you should listen you to should. the Faking Notes And you podcast. should go and order yourself a McRib. the reward bundle. This is a reward, folks. <laughs> get yourself a McRib. <laughs> Every time you get a McRib, you have to listen to oh, the God. Faking Notes podcast. All of them. All of them back to back. Machete order. Um, <laughs> but what I think is, is key <laughs> is doing a new action and bundling that a new healthier action and bundling that with something you would want to do anyway. So for me, it's like watching Netflix. I'm trying to stop not watching Netflix while I'm sitting in my chair in my room. I like to. So is that like your gym reward? What? Is that like a gym reward? Like watch well, Netflix on the gym? It, well, yeah. Or I watch Netflix while I'm folding my laundry or YouTube while I'm folding my laundry nice. or I'm ironing clothes or I'm working out. Like, or I'm doing, like, I'm doing like a hit exercise or whatever, doing some kettlebells or push-ups mm-hmm. or whatever. It's it's just like, I'm not, I'm trying to be more efficient with time, but also being kind to myself and giving myself the creative fuel of like learning about history and downtime. downtime. But is it really downtime? Is it really downtime? No, because I'm still productive. <laughs> no. I can't remember if someone else was trying to switch because we just inherently, even though we know, we now we're finding out, of course, there's a lot of value in rest for exercise. And now we're figuring out how important that is for creativity because all of these creatives had lots yeah. of downtime. They would take these Beethoven, Strauss, all of these smaller, they'd go take these long walks. They would go hang out with people late at night. They would have solitude mm-hmm. where they weren't working on something. Uh, they would read, talk to other artists. And I think trying to find ways to instill that. Uh, I think that's part of, I wouldn't call it a resolution, but a habit to form into the new year is just solidifying and penciling in downtime. Mm. Like mm. taking downtime as serious. As I'm, I'm making the choice to make uh, Sundays days where I don't work. Unless I really need mm-hmm. the cash, right? Unless I really need the cash. I don't want to open an email. Well, depending on the opportunity. Yeah. But if you always know that you want a, mm-hmm. a day off a week, like, okay, you know, Sunday, um, you know, major artist calls in, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you go. But then that Saturday, day before? Sunday, Sunday is a day where... I get to say no, no matter what. Like I, nobody can guilt me to do something on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Sunday is for me. They I can't guilt that. me to do anything that I don't want to do. Yeah. I think that's like a good boundary. Mm-hmm. I think even between in just a relationship, that's one thing. I was very bad in New York that mm-hmm. I got away with for a long time just because of schedules is that I worked seven days mm-hmm. a week. I was always working on something. And that doesn't mean every hour of every day but every day i either had a lesson a class um a project i was always doing something and no matter what you do you're gonna get you're gonna get burnt out it's unsustainable it's not enjoyable and it you know kind of hurts hurts people around you because then what happens is you're just coasting by doing 80 percent. so i know all of our uh, younger you know college students grad students um, uh, whoever 
is is getting out there or maybe their first steps into just a fully freelance life or a music a musician's mm-hmm. portfolio career value mm. that downtime when you can chill because you value it like a newborn it. puppy cradle it oh man and then let that puppy uh, poop on your pants and you, you'll clean floor. it up you'll clean it up no matter what because you have because to you have to yeah, because it's, it's your parents. parents floor unless they're vindictive like, only your I parents poop are kind of assholes you just kind of let it slide just pretend like you never it's saw like, it. it's be like yeah, a new home alone but it's reverse. Yeah, and then they, they like hands. walk inside and they slip on it and they bust their head open. And they like, serves you right, bitch. It's just like a banana. <laughs> <laughs> That's for not buying exactly. me the toy I wanted mm-hmm. when I was 11. That's for making me do my own laundry. Horror story. How dare you. Terrible parents. But uh, newborn puppies. Oh, terrific. Newborn mm-hmm. puppies. The puppies are so cute. He's... D- the little little pup, I've got him here with me in North Carolina. Yes. He's doing well. Yeah, he he travels okay. He travels okay. What did he? It. Yeah, well, because they don't, you know, it's, it's you're shoving a dog yeah. beneath a chair and, and throwing them through the sky. But my the problem with this dog is, as you know, he only he won't he just wants attention, particularly from when just there's mm. two or more people. When anybody else is having fun yeah. or a good time, he needs to be part of it. And so think of a plane. <laughs> a well, that should be fine. That should be fine. Nobody's having bag. fun. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I'm, I'm trying to explain him. Like, dude, this sucks. Like, you don't yeah. want to be a part of this. But he's he's in this little bag and he's just staring at you. And everyone's like, you know, they're, they're all pissy. Because they're, they've got this five hour air time and they hear this and they're looking around and they're all angry and then they see him and they're just like oh I love little doggies I'm just like yeah you just need to but it's also confusing because everyone will you'll just hear people dumping on you because they because they I think people don't realize that you can also have pets that aren't service dogs on flights so I just overhear people like talking smack or like complaining there's sure a lot of pets and stuff i'm like dude i paid yeah. money for him i wish yeah, he was I, know, a right? I wouldn't have had to <laughs> but i service this dog until he's a little older i'm i service, I service this, this dog, dog. So. i'm i'm i don't even buy regular dog food i may i cook yeah. him i cook him food i, I cook this food and I spoon, I spoon feed, feed him, him. as he drop. sits on a plush pillow on his tiny little throne that i made yeah. for him my favorite thing about him is you'll put him in these bushes and you can just tell by like how he moves around. He thinks uh, he's a lion. He's like going through the jungle. He's got that fierce he pokes yeah, his head like, through the bush. Like he's 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 going through the jungle. And I'm like, dude, I cook your food, I pick mm-hmm. up your crap, and now you got a cute mm-hmm. little knitted sweater yeah. from your grandma. So like You're not <laughs> you know, it's all about I think we can learn from it. It's that, that dog, dog mentality. We do. You hey, think you know you're what? Lying. You know what? The Goggins. Yeah, man. You got it. I think it's, I think that's the hardest thing for me is because I I try to be humble and I try to be uh, cognizant of my impact. And I feel kind of weird about being too confident in like my ability to do things. And so when I see other people like that, it makes me a little uncomfortable. But I think in order to get 
past the hardship of life and pursue that which you want, you kind of do have to have a little bit of de- delusional uh, optimism about your ability and about your willingness to overcome. I mean, it's always, it's that ever, ever changing balance and thing we're always fighting for as artists, which is we have so much self doubt and so much self confidence. Because as artists, you know, there is, there's just a lot of arrogance. Like, why am I writing Mm -hmm. music? Like, why am, why do I think I could create something? And like, why am I the person to give this performance or to be representing this uh, Mm -hmm. aspect of, of life and art? and yet you need to go out there and project it. A good person, I think, to look at is Obama. Because you, you, no one mm-hmm. runs for president mm-hmm. without some ego. Like, you have to have the audacity to think out of over 350 mm-hmm. million people. You're the one. You're the one who's yeah. best for that job. You have to have arrogance. Obviously, there can be a little too much. <laughs> uh, Wait, he's in a but, peach? Um, but like Obama, but still. He's in a peach? Huh? Yeah, he's a peach? Dude, he, he's he's the state. He's he's, he, he's, he's in Georgia? he's in Stormy Daniels but, um, Peach. Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but he with Obama. I mean, charisma, but yet he's not he's not like coming in there with alpha mm. energy. He's not in the room to dominate, and yet I mean, obviously, not in <laughs> jeans, that tan suit. Impeachable, yeah. offenses, by the way. <laughs> by the fashion, community. but he comes in there, and you and you and you listen and you listen to yeah. him. He couldn't walk in the room without commanding attention and respect, and yet it's not because of an alpha or superiority complex or position. So I think I was working towards that. Like that's something that's mm-hmm. to be desired. I think of a lot of the artists I like. Some of them are very self-spoken some of our colleagues who are doing really well they're not not always the most vocal person in the room but when they speak they exude confidence intelligence emotion it's not dry it's not brash it's not harsh it's it's someone who walks in there and you want to listen to them and another great example probably the best i've ever seen was at the when they see us netflix panel and then the queen Ava DuVernay comes out, and I not not Ellen, not Oprah, not a president, uh, not the Hemsworths, <laughs> like whoever people who just command mm-hmm. attention. I've never seen anyone have it like that. The moment she talks, silence. You listen because you know you're going to get something that's both personal and profound. And she crushed it. I was just like watching her. I was like, how did she do this? Because it's not even just mm. how she carried herself. <clears throat> it's just the total package. She just commanded attention and commanded respect. And she delivered too. It didn't matter how like deep and thoughtful or funny or inconsequential. She I think it's also respect. her. And I think this is where we kind of fall short, not of our own faults, but just because of the way time flows. Just because she, it's terrible. Continue. Indeed. <laughs> she probably, I don't know her uh, personally, but when people command mm-hmm. that type of attention, it's usually associated with a lot of previous 
evidence uh, that they know mm-hmm. they're ta- what they're talking about. It, it's it's you get that amount of attention when you've actually been a person of action. I hate to really say this, but I also believe in my free speech. I've been watching a lot of like World War II documentaries. There's this one particular on mm-hmm. Netflix called The Greatest Moments of World War II in Color. And so they've digitally digitally taken very rare footage, military footage, declassified, and they've colored mm-hmm. it in digitally. And it is breathtaking. And one of the episodes talking about Makes it so it's, much more personal. Bro, close, it right? just makes it, oh, this really happened. Like this, this is not just some foreign place. <sighs> this could happen today. Like it's literally uh at the in the wake of World War One, where the Allies do blame, in my humble opinion, rightfully, Germany starting the war. They then go a little far in reparations mm-hmm. uh by by get, fit, making Germany fit the bill to the point of $10 billion. And then the Great Depression goes. So they have inflation right after World War One. Mm-hmm. They're occupied. They're, they've they're lost a bunch of their ter- territory. They're being pretty much dumped on and blamed for the whole of World War II in which, let's be real, the whole world engaged. Okay? The whole world engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took, the, they took the beating because they lost, right? They, they, pretty, much, they pretty much were... They had no say. And then they have a financial system. People are out of work. Jobs are lost. The the, the German people are scared. And then you have this young person who fought in the war who is a political upstart. He writes a book that resonates with a lot of people. Then he's elected to office. He then takes over the party, uh, creates an autocracy, and then – says he's going to make a world better for the German people by then invading Poland, uh, invading Russia, and trying to make the thousand-year Reich. You know, that all happens when you have way too much, uh, way too much confidence in oneself. And I think that's when it kind of goes to the opposite side. So it's just interesting seeing those examples in the past and trying to find that medium ground of like, where do you really uh where do you really find the balance in that the confidence in oneself but also not taking it to a point where you hurt other people you know i don't know i wonder uh oh okay a good uh, i listened to this one podcast mm-hmm. a while who was it back and i really liked it it was it was by the washington post and it was called mm-hmm. presidential and it and it started they started releasing episodes leading up to 2016 election, and all it did was profile each president. Really, and it wasn't meant. It, yeah, so there's an episode hmm. for every president, and it it's really fascinating. It's really well done, and it wasn't about just like a about a history catch up. It's not a hardcore history where they're trying to give you the nuance, give you everything, or give you like a long form story. They're trying to give oh, you okay. nuance and. But in a different way. It's not talking about all of their platforms, what they were going on with the time. It, it sprinkles that in. But it tries to give you a little bit of their story, like how they came to be and really who they were as a person. And then what happened after. And how they kind of they lived the rest of their life. What did they do? And it was really fascinating. And it also gave the neat tidbits about how uh, there was entire, who knows how long, 
multiple, multiple presidents that were getting sick and dying and going crazy because they were drinking water from the poisoned who was this? poisoned well. Um, a vast majority of the presidents in the late nineteenth century. Yeah, it's, it's that a sounds like a story because yeah, it it <laughs> I can't remember who it's it's you're getting in around the Andrew Johnson period, so before him and after, leading up to the Civil War, just in this long Jackson, period through multiple presidencies. Jackson. Okay, okay, yeah, Andrew Jackson, Trail of and Tears. Buchanan, and all these others, Taylor, uh, President Taylor, and it's just a span of all of these different presidents and there's health problems and there are issues and they're not doing well. And what it turns out is that the water, the white house, or even, you know, when, when, when they had to not be in the white house, the, the well that everyone mm-hmm. was drinking water from with lead was poisoned. Yeah. yeah. It was, I can't remember if it was lead or just be, because remember we didn't have, sanitation it was either getting flow from the river and just basically drinking poop so they were just drinking fecal matter all these things and they it turns out they all had signs of like what we now uh we would recognize is like oh my god you're like drinking un- yeah. unsafe water and you know getting mercury poisoning lead poisoning all these little things and they've just been you know 50 years of presidents were drinking nice. poop, poop water when you know it's Poop water was the precursor. Oh, to hey, and and, oh, and vitamin oh, water. Oh, but could nutrients. you just imagine? Like, think of how different history could have been. Because think of <laughs> if someone's getting yeah. poisoned, they're going crazy. Their families are dying, and so people thought the the position was kind of cursed because other people would get sick and no one would do well around it. And it turns out, no, they actually was kind of like a curse. It was called a uh, hmm, don't drink from the yeah. toilet. But anyways, like, so some neat facts about that, and it it gives credence to why, but looking at one thing in particular that I always thought was fascinating uh, was with Abe Lincoln, and it was Abe Lincoln and a few of the other presidents, and even, maybe it wasn't this presidential podcast, but someone else was looking at great leaders, just people who, people who commanded respect, not perfect, but who persevered through tough times. And one of the things they said that separates them from your Hitlers mm-hmm. and other people uh, who are just fully absorbed in in themselves is being keeping yourself close to the suffering. Mm-hmm. So, so one thing Abe Lincoln did is he never wanted to distance himself from the suffering of the troops. He would stay around. He would observe it. Mm-hmm. He would hear from the troops. And like, so that's one example. And I can't remember who else, what other world leader. I mean, mm-hmm. MLK, mm-hmm. he's going in there. He's close to it. Battlefield commanders every in every war tend to be some of the best leaders. Like, it's yeah. going to change you because mm-hmm. you see it. Yeah, you're going to, because you're, you're seeing it up front and you understand the consequences. The consequences aren't just numbers. Yeah. They're there. They're personal. It's uh, like Stalingrad. And... Oh my God! Even though, oh, oh my God. <laughs> but I think so. Something else for us, something else for yeah. us to tie in for the listeners, and and what we're trying to do ourselves. But we've already navel gazed enough. Looking out for navel-gazed? y'all, I think I've never heard. Look, just look. Yeah, looking inward. Oh, I guess really? The, 
I'm just, looking, just at looking at my navel. I'm looking at my navel, bro. I do this. I do that sometimes. Peach oh, yeah. Hold on. Oh, hey, that's Skittle there's the Skittle I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, these fries last forever. Um, but looking, looking at leaders, like people you want to model, and just digging, like, what really makes them them? What makes them unique? And then how can you, through your rituals – become a person like that because I think we get lost and I myself get lost that we can feel like the person we are now is somewhat of the final version and we accept it even though we're always working towards something it's like oh like my mental state my mind is kind of locked in and I'm just you know putting window dressing or ranch dressing I'm in the south uh on myself you know it's like okay like it's still me in my mind but you know if I work out bigger arms or if I practice more or if I read this book I'll know a little bit more about this when in fact you can you really can change your mind and improve who you are and that's something who I want to work towards it's like to become that person who you want to be not just accepting um, putting the tinsel on the tree of Trevor and but still being the same tree I want to work on the tree I want to make the tree stronger and I think some of the things we've looked at these habits getting towards becoming that person I think helps. And I think looking at these leaders and then figuring out why, whether it's, you know, keeping close to the suffering, so to speak, give back to the communities, give, go back to your hometown and teach some music classes. You can do that. It's not hard. Uh, visit your old schools, go in there, talk to them, give advice to past you or someone who is in a worse position uh, stay close. If you're an admin, you know, s- see what's going on in those classrooms. Well, I, well, exactly. Takes, you need to be, yeah. you need to be, because it's kind of like, I don't know if Andrew Carnegie did this or not with business, like factory innovation, but like having, uh, it's kind of structuring any, any institution like the military where you have, different levels of leadership so that the people close to the ground can talk to the troops, get a consensus. They pass information on to their superior, then takes up the chain of command. And then something's done with really accurate information on the ground, what's really being experienced. And I think if you engage with what's happening, uh, maybe with like, for me, in my perspective, let's take it back to music is going back to schools going to these middle schools, these high schools, mm-hmm. these music programs, talking to these orchestras, seeing how orchestras are developing or not, and trying to provide um, some sort of value to them. And then also from the lessons I learned from the, the, the problems that they have, I can make content mm-hmm. that actually helps make that better. But I wouldn't know what kind of content to make for kids in orchestra if I if I didn't have the research, research. right? So I think that's important. One thing that I wanted to, uh, to build upon when you were saying about trying to stay, trying to keep improving. Do you really want your iPhone to be better than you? (laughs) Your iPhone (laughs) iOS is updating all the time. It's always getting better. It's always having bug fixes. It's always, why do we think we're better than machines? Why do we why do we think we're not better than machines? Like we ourselves are have bugs in our personalities in the way that we interact mm. with people. 
and, and our habits. We, we all have bugs that we got to fix, right? And to purport that we are perfect is not, it's not useful. And so I think that, yeah, I agree with you. I think we need to continually strive for personal growth. And uh, I'm learning how to do that in my own personal life right now. I thought by the time I was 28, I would like, I kind of have it figured out. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'd have it all uh, like, figured out. Oh, and now my we're just God. Like, oh, this again? Oh, these same lessons. And then we look look ahead and it's like, oh, my God, all of our 32, 33, 34-year-old friends are still in this, this same boat. It's this nebulous uh, second second mm. phase of the life. Yeah. And even going with your OS uh, comparison, I love that. I love that kind of just ass- assessing the the tech. And you know, I want to be better than this iPhone. Um, in treating, I think what I was going for and to compare to what I was talking about with the idea of like we're kind of stuck who we are with just glossing it. Is that at least with this phone, every once in a while there's an overhaul. There's an OS update, a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're switching from Snow Leopard mm-hmm. up to Maverick, and then there's Catalina, and then that crashes, and it doesn't quite work. And not everything from the past mm-hmm. is going to work anymore. That's a great. That's. A uh, great I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you directly, Catalina, uh, because none of my 32-bit applications work anymore. But you know, sometimes or, or you have to update them. To, they to have be to be able updated to, as well. You have to. You have to update them to your be new part of operating your new system. life. Yeah. Your your new operating system. But in the end, it's probably a net good. There will be new bugs, but what do you do? You patch you patch, you patch as, those as far as you, you work can. towards them. But the idea that you can improve yourself, one thing I'm looking at now, I'm interested in, I've kind of started uh, following along an app is mindfulness. So going in and actually trying to do the meditation. And I've gone in a couple of days and, you know, who knows if it settles in, if it becomes part of a routine, but do it for 21 I days. Think, again, it's the act mm-hmm. of having a ritual, having a ritual. Look, if your iPhone updates Retourtual. and you haven't, you need to add every time your iPhone updates, be like, have I updated too? <laughs> and if you haven't, you got to do that work. I love this comparison because also they release these tiny yeah. micro updates and that that builds mm-hmm. that builds towards something. Occasionally, there is a surge of something fully new, but then immediately after, it's all these incremental mm-hmm. things. And I think that's something we can uh, kind of s- steal from as a framework, because using these habits, setting up these things in incremental steps, is how you get to the end goal. Another well-known podcast. Uh, everyone should check out. You know, James mm-hmm. Altucher. One of his big phrases is, "You know, become one percent better." And something every day because that really builds up. I'm not crunching the numbers here. 365. You become a thousand yeah. plus percent better. No, because not even one, because it's one percent on the one percent. So it gains and then math, 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 big number. Uh, but if you, if okay, you just I'll spend, practice you know, guitar. Damn. If, if, yeah, if you want to practice, practice guitar, just do it like one percent. What I think it is, what I think it is, it's scary because if you only do 15 minutes of something, it feels like you're not doing anything. You don't feel better after mm-hmm. 15 minutes. But that 15 minutes, as we know, if – I mean, I tell I tell my students this too, even though I'm not practicing much because mm-hmm. – um, but, but with my students, I'm like I'm, – I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, see monkey do. Like 
if you want to get really good, it's not it's it's about efficiency of the practice and what you're doing there, not really the time. Also, if it's between 15 minutes a day, five days a week, what does that get you to? Mm-hmm. An hour 15 or three hours on Saturday, almost mm-hmm. three times as much. That 15 minutes a day is way better. Because you have the loop You'll be of better. the You'll learning. Be better in almost one third of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you go into it with the plan, you know, not just noodling around, mm-hmm. uh, you can do it, you know, work on the stuff. And if you have feedback too. And that's the part that I'm having trouble finding is feedback I can trust. Same. And not feedback. Ooh, I never feedback even Feedback you that. can trust. Trusted yeah, because feedback. like there are people out there that will – Say what you're doing is not good because they don't want you to succeed or because they just don't even – they themselves don't even know better, right? So getting Mm -hmm. feedback that also doesn't confirm you, like that doesn't uh, enable you uh, on baseless enabling because that's just as poisonous as – you want Mm -hmm. people to tell you like it is because they love you and they have your best – at heart. If, if it's anything less than that, then the feedback is no. And so that's why I think it's important finding a good private teacher in addition to your practice. I miss it. Uh, we've briefly touched on this, but I'm, who knows? I might even mention months and months ago of one of my, not goals, but something I need mm-hmm. to set up for and find ways to make happen uh, in an adult life is to have a mentor. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it necessarily has to be someone older or even further along, but just somewhere in there who who can give that honest, tough feedback. Because, again, for those who are about to leave school, not having one, not having a, a lesson every week is kind of, you know, it's kind of nice. You don't have to prepare as mm-hmm. much or be stressed out once a week to go in and perform. But the thing you'll miss is having that opportunity all to have someone who's kind of an quasi independent mm-hmm. <laughs> voice to 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 tell you things to point out things to have a coach look at the greats in all the sports tiger woods has a swing coach. and he switched it up he has multiple he switched coaches, it up changes. too and he was he worse for a long up. time and then he came back way better than he ever was he switched it up and then he comes in he's he you know his hair's fading and he's got a messed up back and he wins yep, he wins the yep. masters again in epic mm-hmm. epic fashion uh, lebron james there's coaches there federer nadal mm-hmm. djokovic coaches there's a swing coach and so for who anyone out there you know makes the the joke you know if those who can't do teach um and those who can't teach uh, uh, podcast. i like that one um but these, <laughs> it's a new, we would sat it in and we'll have to make mm. t-shirts. But, That's a perfect teacher, t-shirt. Merch. Those merch, who can't do, merch. teach. Um, those who can't teach, podcast. Those who can't teach, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Faking yeah, those podcasts. Bro. But it, it's it's a good point whenever anyone like mocks, you, you see that, I mean, it's kind of an amateur move. They'll go to university and they might not give as much respect to a certain teacher because they might not be playing in either prestigious group or have gone on to do, you know, more prestigious recitals. But then again, that does not mean they can't be a wonderful, incredible teacher who could send you onward. And I think because, you know, teaching such Mm -hmm. a separate skill, put all that aside, some people, 
for me, I'm interested in teaching and mentorship. I want to put time and effort into being able to do that and to help others put in their work, achieve whatever it is they want to achieve, become better artists, musicians. Do you ever feel really close? Like you're still kind of like when you teach people that you're like, man, I'm not even sure I should be even teaching because I was, I was just you like a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, it's always that weird, not even imposter syndrome, but it is, it is odd. I mean, I bumped into even some of these students. So I have, one will not well I will keep them always private mm-hmm. but I've started up thanks to you my side hustle oh, yeah. of um, preparing people for graduate mm-hmm. music school mm-hmm. auditions into where I am um, full disclosure I give them full disclosure I, t- mm-hmm. I tell them everything <laughs> it's because th- at that point it's about it's about well, that's why about they winning. pay you I'm like so here's that's the steps yeah I'm like okay like this is the insights go like here's you know here's who I'm gonna put you in contact to mm-hmm. don't tell them I sent you uh, here's someone I'm going to put you in contact to. Mm-hmm. Tell them I did send you. Um, you're going to do this. Here's your essay. Here's your photo. So I've got students like that, and I've already the people before I started a business and mm-hmm. just gave them that same thing mm-hmm. had gone in. Um, and so I'm like, wait a minute. I should give them more time uh, and more resources. <laughs> you made me want to <laughs> shout. <laughs> Hit my van, shout. Hit my van, long shout. But they they come in, and I don't know. I enjoy through that process. But to to bring it back to your exact point, it's it's funny giving advice to some of these people because I I know how they can have. They're all walking in there with much better applications than I did. You know, don't get the hopes up too much. But I, you know, they're coming for honest feedback. So I'll let them know what I think would they should lead with, where it should go, what direction it is. But now I think would be valuable for us is to find our mentors mm-hmm. to what I'm doing to them. I need someone, some in, independent arbiter who I can go to every once in a while just to check in about who knows what. And, you know, if that's going to cost me, if it's a friend, if it can be exchanged. I think having this community, and now it seems like you've really found one, in LA, you've like kind of you're starting to yeah, find that's your. Yeah, I don't want to leave. Uh, yeah, like I'm starting. I'm like starting to open up and find some people, some consistent voices, and then it's just a matter of me getting them some of my stuff for feedback. Because I've been, because now I'm I'm talking to them about things, but they're not seeing. Like no one's really seeing the music and giving mm-hmm. me feedback, as opposed to some of my friends who are well into adulthood and who are well into their careers who are mm-hmm. still doing that. They're in constant, maybe not constant, but they're in frequent communication with their yeah. lifelong mentors who's able to diagnose things. You know, they get they yeah, get the checkup, they feedback. get to the doctor. Someone else feedback. is checking in there. And I miss it. And I think it's stymied a lot of development. But you know what? Like it's it is what it is, man. And honestly, this is the one thing that I also going into 2020 want people to know is that people are much more likely to give a fuck if you don't care and you just do your thing. If they don't like it, just do, do your, your thing. thing. Just do it. Don't look for permission. Don't look for feedback. A lot of times you're going to get feedback that you never even asked for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so like I think that like being your authentic self and like really just focusing on building that which you want to build regardless of people's opinion of you 
or opinion of your of your work. If you're not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. you just gotta you just gotta ignore the voices. Cause one day, one day they could say you're crazy and that you're weird and you're dumb. And the next day they can call you a visionary. They can call Lizzo. Another example. Convenience. <laughs> <laughs> but what are some final yeah, final takeaways, yeah. I guess, in in the in the spirit of the holidays. Uh, tying in some of this all together with your mentors, setting goals, rituals. Start now. I mean, we love y'all. You're you're our friends. Start now. Go in there. For some people, I mean, I'm very fortunate to just have Mm. family around, to have the parents, to be among family, for them to want, you know, just just, just still be a part of the equation. Someone else, they're checking in on me. And one thing I encourage for those, like they've always been really supportive in their in their own way um letting letting me do my own thing they never really questioned question a lot they're just there as a a base level support when i when i needed it and i think for everyone else if you don't have that family or if you don't have that mentor find one make one and it could just be a collection of people it could be the friends and the good thing about friends is you can really decide that you have almost total control over the friends you don't get that with family so if you if you don't have family make one if you don't have mentors, wait if you don't make it your mission have, make family yeah give like, birth i was like huh <laughs> Yeah, get you're just like wait. Yeah, just have don't, babies. Don't pull that out. will solve all your problems. <laughs> yeah, if there's any takeaway, 2019, <laughs> don't pull out. <laughs> Look, that that is the kind of energy I want to start 2020 with. Just don't pull out, bro. Just go, go, go. Both don't pull deep. out, bro. Just keep going. <laughs> so what, what what are your final? Uh, what are your fight to pull yeah, out of this pull this out pod? Quickly. What are your they're, final? They're leaving us, here? Johnny. Um, I think. <laughs> What is most important is to understand that a new year, uh, a new month, a new week, a new day, every single one of them are an opportunity for you to change your mindset. Just one thing. And a lot of times at the beginning of the new year, especially a new decade, people try to change way too much at once. I think that it's important to focus on one thing. Focus on it alone. Recognize that you have many things that you want to change, many things you want to improve, but focus on just one of them at a time. And I think you'll find that it'll be much easier for new habits to stick. Uh, as somebody who is is actively battling to form new habits and has formed successfully a few new ones, uh, exercising being one of them and eating less being another, I think that no, just it's 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 facts, you know, just like yeah. re- focusing, Same. right? And I think this is part of becoming an adult, and not being a hedonistic college kid. But what it is, I think, if you just focus on one thing and do it for twenty-one days before you add anything else, I think you'll find uh, you'll find positive results. And at the end of the day, let's say you try at the end of 2020, you will have over the course of the year tried to form uh, a dozen new habits, right? But only three stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, God damn, you have three new good positive habits here. I think Congrats. that's beautiful. I think life is long. Like just keep, 
hacking away at it every year. But a new year isn't the only excuse. You should start today. Any any day is a new chance to try again. So that's what I want people to know. You know what? Happy holidays, everyone. Have a good one. I miss you, Drew. Dude, just have, have yeah, a good time bro, with you, bro. Yeah. Take him around. Hit hit up that, that brutal L.A. winter. Make yeah, sure he experiences it. We're going to bundle it. up. Trust me. Um, bundle <laughs> up, you know. Where where the where, where, where just put on that scarf you know oh, do yeah. your do I got, your part I got a bunch of, oh yeah the L A scarf the pretentious L A scarf um, also if you yeah. like the podcast <laughs> you know hit us up on Twitter if you like talk the to us on Twitter we love we love messing around with you guys on Twitter send us some questions uh, leave us a rating five stars only uh, five stars only it's the only way it's the only way you're gonna have a uh, Christmas uh, the war on Christmas will resume. Uh, if, if you, you don't, don't I'm going to email your professor posing as you and 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 make some very lewd comments about their appearance. They'll oh, they be, will be, be the lewd. lewdest of lewd. You know who I am. You know. Who it is. And if you give us five stars, uh, we'll just we'll let you know. Yeah. Yes. We'll send them to you instead. Yeah, tweet us a picture. We'll DM. We'll, we'll roast your professor for you. That's actually pretty funny. We should roast <laughs> All right. professors. That'd be funny. Kind of yeah. Roast them for yeah. them? Okay. Yeah. Just in the DMs, though. Can't. Exclusively. Gotta keep it in them DMs. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. This has been our first international Christmas special across the globe on both yeah. coasts of the United States. We're coming in here. I miss you, man. Yeah. Have a good one. Have a good one, everyone else, and start start those rituals. Start doing and, uh, stuff we'll now. Talk to you in not the new year. In thirtieth yeah, new year, we're gonna do another one next. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Okay, this is like the 30th. last time we're talking. They have one more time in this year, a decade in the year of 2019, and a decade. This is the last time you can hear because once that clock. We're, We're just people. totally different people. New year, new me, okay? Transformed. <laughs> new year, new me. Uh, so grateful. All right, peace out of here. So kitty up, root of my 